What up, though? Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything combat sports, but mainly MMA. If you want to hear a couple regular MMA fans talk about MMA history, notable fighters, up-and-coming fighters, and everything in between, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I should warn you, we're not professionals, but we are big fans of combat sports. Now, if that sits good with you, grab a beverage, sit back, relax, and let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast. I'm your host, DC. Of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. Hey, how's it going, everyone? So, we got a good one for you all today. So, just this They're all good ones. That's true. And I probably say that every single podcast. (laughs) So, uh, today's podcast, um, Thug Rose, who you've heard us talk about quite a few different times on this podcast so far um recently just uh defended her crown against Wei Li for the second time and uh it was a a pretty good fight and it brought up something in my head and I thought about two different fights that were talked about right after that fight one was uh Thug Rose versus Valentina now the conversation wasn't necessarily a fight between them but it was, does Thug Rose start getting put in that conversation with a Valentina and a uh, Nunez, right? <clears throat> and then, of course, in my mind, I said, well, they're close enough to fight, so let's talk about that. And then the other one that was thrown around on that same card, uh, Michael Chandler lost to uh, Justin Gaethje. And uh, I guess there was talks back and forth where... It's possible that a fight could be being put together between Michael Chandler and uh, and Conor McGregor when he comes back. So, those two matchups I find very interesting. Uh, both Thug Rose uh, versus Valentina Shevchenko and Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. So, I shot this out to Locke. Uh, and, of course, instead of getting his opinion and us talking about it, we decide to do a podcast about it and talk about it in front of you all. So, <laughs> so I wanted to throw it out there to you first, Locke, and, and really even uh, before you get into it, kind of what you thought about the um, what you thought about the uh, Thug Rose fight. So, it was first of all, it was a great fight. Now, I'm a, I'm a Thug Rose fan. Uh, I'm a fanboy, so this is a very biased opinion, but. Not only was it, a, I think it was a good fight. It was the fight that Rose needed mm-hmm. for her legacy, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. You know, the last Wei Lee's a beast. Yes, and it's it kind of sucks. It's this weird thing in UFC where if you dominate with a fast knockout, it's almost held against you because we're like, well, it's just lucky. <laughs> yeah. When in reality, that's actually the name of the game. That's a dominating, decisive victory. But we put that off as a fluke a lot of times you you know what i mean yep um so i think it was a great fight and not only did rose you know perform well that's what she needed to kind of establish herself as an elite level women's champion yeah i was really impressed in that fight so you know one of the conversations we had before and um on a podcast was talking about kind of what her legacy was And in my opinion, she was a fighter that seemed to be that she would beat the world beaters, but she never looked like a world beater. Something about her, 
her style, the way she fights and everything, this fight impressed me a lot. And I don't think most people would look at it as her most impressive victory, but she did a lot in this fight. Like, um, I mean, Wei Lee came at her with a lot. She defended some takedowns, her striking. Wei Lee was trying to throw bombs. Um, if I remember correctly, she got, uh, you know, kind of rocked a little bit by one of them. But just what she did, her composure, her strategy, she really impressed me in this fight. And, you know, Wei Lee came back, you know, ready to fix all the holes, everything that she felt like she did last time, which the fight was so quick, you can't really say she had holes, but you get what I'm saying. And, um, and you know, she came back with the low haircut. Now, not as low as Rose's, but I thought that was another statement where she came in all business. She looked good. She was patient, everything like that. And Thug Rose still outclassed her. And that was really impressive to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think to what you're saying, it, it, it adds more to the Rose's performance. Like, you don't want to take from that because Waylay looked in shape. She mm-hmm. looked ready to go. She looked focused. She looked good. I mean, it was a close fight. Yep. Uh, she's she's a physical specimen at that, that weight class. Mm-hmm. You know, she's very strong. Yeah. But Rose is a very good technical fighter, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the longer her career goes along, we're really starting to see that more. And honestly, I kind of like her career trajectory where she's not one of these people that, you know, she's not fighting three, four times a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, um, <clears throat> I agree. I think um, her career is going in the right direction. The only thing that I worry about, and this is one of those things we've seen through the years with uh, certain fighters like, you know, Kane comes to mind and people like that where you're really good for a certain period of time, but there's very few people at the top of the heat. So you fight all of those people over and over again. And then as soon as you lose, everybody say you didn't fight anybody, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you look at it, like her last... Her last six fights, right? Wei Lee, Wei Lee, Andraj, Andraj, uh, Joanna, Joanna, right? So it's like she's fought three people since 2017, right? So, but we're talking about three really, really good murderers. Like, um, you know, we know how devastating JJ, uh, Joanna is, and Jessica Andraj, um, you know, she was fighting up a weight class, you know, she, she was fighting much bigger girls at one point in time. And, you know, she's a very powerful tank. Now I'm not going to say she has the, um, the striking skills as like, uh, JJ or Wei Lee, but she's a big threat at, at, you know, 15. And then of course, Wei Lee, and, you know, we all know that Wei Lee-JJ fight was like, you know, I don't remember if it was fight of the year that year or not, but it definitely was one of the most exciting fights I've ever seen in my life, right? Definitely. So this is, I think, one of the pains, and it'll go into one of the reasons why I think if she defends maybe two more times, might not be a bad idea to jump up to 125 and try and get that that 
that dual championship, you know, that champ champ, and then also fight the baddest woman on the planet. So what are your thoughts there? <laughs> um, so, uh, well, a couple things real quick. Um, as soon as I looked at it and I seen it, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, right when you started talking about her fighting the same fighters like Kane, I looked and I'd seen the yeah. uh, <laughs> trifecta of back-to-backs and stuff. Yeah. But I think one thing that's important to look at, if you look beyond that, though, like, when you look at Paige Van Zandt, Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson, I know Paige Van Zandt's out of there, uh, Tisha mm-hmm. Torres, a lot of these other girls she fought, though, Carla Esparza, mm-hmm. it's still the same girls around mm-hmm. there. Which I, I guess makes the heavyweight division comparison even more likely. But it's not like she hasn't competed against those other girls. They're right. just pe- they're fighting for the pecking order at the bottom of four to ten, right. versus those a handful of girls just keep monopolizing that. And as far as and anytime you start cleaning out division like that, you always got to start looking at going up a division. And everybody wants the champ champ thing now, right? And, and did you see Rose and Valentina talking after? No, the fight? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't catch yeah, any vi- of the after fight stuff. Gotcha. Like uh, Rose was still in her fight kit and stuff. She was like backstage, but and uh, she was talking to Valentina. Valentina's like congratulating her or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just talking. Oh, and I thought that might have been what made you. We hadn't talked about it. Anytime you t- bring up any topic, I don't want to mention anything. Right. I'm just like, okay, we'll, we'll hash it out <laughs> right. on the on the show. But, yeah, that that was kind of a cool moment. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that – I don't think that that's a good fight for Rose. And why do you think it wouldn't be a good fight? So – and I know you're a big fan of Valentina. And I almost forget that 125 is even a division. The best number one champion. Best number one champion. <laughs> and I'm a big Rose fan. Now, what's weird is, so I was thinking when I picture them, I'm like, they're completely different body types. But I looked at them both, and I guess they're both 5'5". Five five, yeah. But they're a very different 5'5". Five five. Mm-hmm. So Rose is kind of lanky and long-limbed at 5'5". Mm-hmm. Five five. But she struggles against bigger, stronger fighters. That's mm-hmm. what gives her problems. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen it with Wele. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Andrade, she was winning that fight until yeah. she, she got manhandled. Right. And she's she's a great fighter. You know, she's a very good technical fighter. She's not, you know, a, a physical specimen like that. She's a, a rangy technical fighter. And I think Valentina is at that weight class, she's built like a tank. Mm-hmm. You know, or at that at that same height. And you see, she's at 125. When she moved up to 135, she competed, you know, with like Nunez, who's one of the biggest, strongest, you know, physically imposing girls, period. Like mm-hmm. she hung with Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a, a real matchup, a mismatch style-wise for Rose, where... They can make the weight class, and it seems doable, but I got a feeling once Valentina gets her hands on her, she's going to know right away, I'm slick, but I'm not this slick. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. Um, the biggest thing is um, it, it always surprises me sometimes when people go up in weight how much different they become as a fighter, right? 
and sometimes it's sometimes they're a lot better like you you've seen people that um you know go up in weight and it's like they become a whole different physical specimen at that newer weight class right so um rose in order to go up in weight she's a she looks like a very naturally kind of thin girl she would have to lift a little bit of weights right but she still cuts weight it's not like she doesn't cut but i don't think she has a tough cut she's not like jj jj had a tough cut for 15 right so she added a little bit of muscle on i'm not sure that we wouldn't see a whole different fighter at 25 and as far as um sizes they are roughly about the same size as you said it's really body type and it's because valentina i know she mixes with some of the weights and stuff like that you just really couldn't see it at 35 because she didn't cut weight at 35 so you know she had a little bit of you know pudge on her right because if she did anything she would be way too small because that wasn't her natural weight class and all of those girls were bigger than her and you know don't try to sell her short only on amanda nunes because just to run it down she fought Sarah Kaufman, Holly Holm, Juliana Pena, who's about to fight for the title right now, uh, Jessica I. She beat Liz Carmouche. She's fought, you know, a, a lot of uh, big girls, so to speak, uh, but, you know, only losses to Nunez. But um, she's not a very big girl. And if you remember when JJ went up to 25 and they fought, JJ was the bigger woman in that fight. <laughs> mm -hmm. right so and that was her moving up so i think thug rose and valentina are not that big of a difference if val if, if thug rose picks up just a little bit of weights i don't think she needs much just to add just a small amount of muscle right but i really think style wise is the issue i just think Valentina's style would be really bad for Rose, even if she didn't use strength. And it's the way that she strikes that's very different than a lot of the strikers that um, that Thug Rose has fought. Her style and how she does it, how she moves in, when, the way she counters. Um, most of the fighters Thug Rose have, have fought are not really counter fighters, right? Wei Lee's not a counter fighter. Neither is JJ. They pretty much come, they're kind of like brutal. I'm coming forward to throw leather. And I think they're Thug, offensive fighters. Correct. And I think Thug Rose's um, timing is really impeccable in catching those type of fighters with very straight punches, right? And then if she misses, she usually has a kick or something that she throws out there. And because of that length that you mentioned, they're right in range for her kicks. I don't think those type of opportunities open often if she's fighting somebody like Valentina. And I think Valentina's style moves forward but counters. And for a lot of people, that's that's difficult to understand, right? It's not like she's backpedaling the whole fight. She's not. She moves forward to pressure you in the throw-end just so she can counter. And if you don't throw, she will look for opportunities of different types of strikes, and she has a lot of them. And then if you still don't want to play that game, 
she'll do you like she did Andrade, just take you to the ground, right? Just mm-hmm. to show you that she can do that. So I think style-wise, it's a bigger mismatch than it is size-wise. Even though I agree with what you said on Thug Rose having an issue with bigger, kind of the bigger, um, you know, girls, I don't think that that would be her big issue moving up to a 25 because I think she would be a different person at 25 if that makes sense well that's definitely something i I hadn't considered until you started talking about it and and it's a bigger difference in female fighters sometimes their bodies react significantly different uh do like water retention and stuff like that to cut and weight the men's do sometimes in those divisions and you see for example uh like karate hottie when she fought that one fight at 25 because it was Mm -hmm. short notice Mm -hmm. she looked really good Mm-hmm. You know, like she looked good physically. She looked healthy, but she looked good out there fighting. Right. You know, it, it was uh, one of her best performances. As far as you know, she looked healthy. She looked good, and we talked about weight cutting so much. We don't need to rehash that. But I think definitely in some of these, because because Karate originally was at one hundred five mm-hmm. and came up to one fifteen to come to the UFC. Now, as she's you know, as she gets older in her career, though. Right. As all these fighters do, mm-hmm. now maybe twenty five is her option. Maybe, you know, maybe she's going to take a run at Valentina, but she can have some interesting fights up there. The, yeah. the same way Cowboy and Connor fight at one seventy, mm-hmm. right? Why not? If it's not if it's not for the title, right? And you're both that guy, just skip the weight cut. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, I agree, and I I think. Um, you know, with some fighters, you see it more than others because they have such a tough weight cut. So, like, you know, as I talked about, J.J. was always known for having a tough weight cut. Thug Rose doesn't have a tough weight cut, right? But um, to your point, one, she's still cutting weight. But then, two, sometimes just not cutting that weight and grabbing a little bit of weight just to get a little stronger. I'm not talking about putting on a bunch of muscle, no. That would, I don't think she would move the same. And I like her movement, especially the way she gets in and out of uh, striking zone, right? But just adding a little bit, just to add a little bit more power and a little bit more, you know, a little bit more strength to throw off some of those bigger girls, I think would help. Oh, uh, definitely. So I think maybe not even weights, like a kettlebell. Like get some kettlebell routines in. Yeah. You know, some the the ropes, flipping some tires, which I'm sure she does all that anyways, mm-hmm. but a little bit more, uh, you know, up up a, a weight from what you're doing. Right, now. yeah. Because like you said, you know, I don't know that I need Rose to jump on the bench and, uh, exactly. you know, let's start moving some <laughs> plates. <laughs> no, we're going, to, we're, going, we're going 1980s, Rose, so we're going to bench press, we're going to military, and then we're going to bench again. She don't need the uh, John Jones stand. What's his name? Stand Efron routine <laughs> with all the dead left in. And yeah, she don't need <laughs> Thug Rose dead lifting videos. <laughs> but yeah, um, but at the I, end- look, I bet if she worked hard and if that's what she wanted to do, she'd become a dope deadlifter, man. She'd be out there fucking working her ass off. Talking to herself before the weight. I'm the best. I'm the, best. I'm the strongest. <laughs> I'm the strongest. But um, nonetheless, I do think that would be an interesting matchup. Um, I think it's one of those things where if they keep winning, that might be a conversation to be had. I know people have talked about 
And I've seen many people say that Shevchenko and Nunes need to run it back again because basically nobody can beat those two. I don't want to see that fight again because I don't think it'll be any different. And I feel like Shevchenko won the last fight, as you know, and as I've mentioned, but I still don't see a different fight between the close fight that was the first fight and the close fight that was the second fight, right? I don't see anything that either one of them has done that's really going to change the dynamic of putting them together. And it was asked, well, they asked specifically Shevchenko, well, if that did happen, would you maybe try and, you know, bulk up a lot and match her strength for strength? And she said, no. (laughs) And she said, like, there's nothing I can do where I would be as strong as Nunes. So trying to match her strength, like, she's like, to your point of what you said a minute ago, she's like, like she went up at Fort Cyborg, right? I'm not going to match her strength. Um, you know, I tried a couple of different things strategy-wise, but it's it would still be me trying to come in skill and speed to go against strength, right? I really just don't see that either one of them, although they're beating everybody around them, I don't see either one evolving enough where the other one can't compete in that fight to where it's not another decision, right? Uh, now, if it happens, of course, I'll watch it, but... <laughs> but the thug rose maybe a year and a half two years from now if she gets three more four more title defenses under her belt i think this conversation with her versus valentina becomes uh we probably need to see it well i think that's easier for you to say as um a Valentina fan. You're like, yeah, feed her. You would, you just want to feed Rose to the lions, like some kind of fucking pagan. And, uh, you're a sacrificer for the greater good of you watching Valentina beat people's ass. I don't like that. I think that's an ugly side of you. And uh, I'm not a fan. No, I think Um, it would be a good puzzle for her and her team. And I think Trevor Whitman is, is one of the best minds we have in MMA. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but I think, you know, next for Rose, like Carla Esparza, I think that fight sells herself, sells itself, you know, Rose's first fight in the UFC lost to Carla. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good one. And I think Rose beats her ass. I really wanted to see Rose versus Mackenzie Dern Mm -hmm. and it sucks because she lost to Marina and I don't have a huge interest in watching Marina versus Rose. So it's like. I almost want to watch Rose and Mackenzie Dern, even though Mackenzie Dern lost. <laughs> I mean, it's the UFC. Does a loss really take you away it... from a title shot? Yeah. <laughs> Just do what you want. Yeah, it's like, well, due to circumstances. <laughs> well, it, and I'm only looking at it because I wanted to kind of counter your point that, nah, she's got plenty of fights. And then I look at it and I'm like, oh, she's got very little fights. You know, and then when you go down more, you still got... Tisha Torres, you know, mm-hmm. Claudia Gadeja, like, yeah, it literally is like the heavyweight division. Yeah, it's not. And, and a lot of those ladies going to the point of what you said before, they uh, have beat each other up so much. I don't think they're a threat and they don't seem to be they don't seem to be getting a lot better. It really that division needs some new blood. So, like, for example, um uh, who did you just mention? Where is she? 
Shoot, what is her name? I think you just mentioned her. Marina? No, give me one second. Kadeja? Kadeja, yeah. She was one of my favorite fighters. She was a killer. And, um, you know, once she had those those fights with JJ, it took something out of her. Like, JJ took a part of her soul, and she was never the same fighter afterwards, you know? And I never saw her get back to that point. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken... She got Rory McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> and then, if I'm not mistaken, she ended up um, leaving... She was with Novo Unyao. I think she ended up leaving that camp, if I'm not mistaken, and... You know, a lot of times, um, you know, when people move camps, um, you know, quite a bit, it doesn't or not even quite a bit. But a lot of times when people move camps at the wrong time, I guess that's the best way to say it. And for the wrong reasons. And if it's right at the end of a like emotional loss or something like that, I don't think that's necessarily the right time to move camps and everything, but she's never been the same fighter since. And, you know, she picked up some more wins, but literally she's a totally different fighter before that JJ fight. She looked like a world beater. And then after it was like, eh, you know, so I don't see her as being like a big threat for the crown. Right. So, you know, I guess the point of that was the, you know, just in general, that division, it's not a lot of depth. And most of the girls no. on the top end beating each other and the girls on the bottom end beating each other up. They almost need like another tough or something just for that division. And interject some new. Because I'm looking, most of the young, you know, uh, As no, Aspen Ladd. Oh, Macy Barbers, who I was thinking of. She's a 125, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe a crossover, you know, crossover win uh, fight is what the ladies' divisions need. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that's and I, that's why I said it. And that gives the rest of the time, that gives the rest of the division extra time to shake itself out. Yeah, and that's why I was saying, you know, like if you look down the line, you know, year and a half, she could easily have three title defenses. Who else does she fight? We know that Wei Lee and JJ have a, a good chance of still standing at top five, right? Whenever JJ decides to come back, because they're still big threats, right? Um, same with Andrade. She can stand that kind of, you know, she can beat most of the girls that we talked about at that lower level. Your Tisha Torres is, your Carla Esparza is a lot of those. She can beat them, right? So let's say Thug Rose does go and she get another three title defenses with people not named JJ, Andrade or Wei Lee. I mean, who's next what? after that? <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? So you have to do something at that point or automatically your stock is going to start going down. You got to hey, reach out. One thing you can say about Rose is, uh, you know, she settles disputes. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no doubt who's better, her or JJ. There's no doubt who's right. better, her or Wei Lee. There's no doubt her or Andrade. Like, Run it back. No, we will just fight over and over. <laughs> Run it back. Into, until we are all convinced I'm the fucking better fighter. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. So that leads into the next one. So did you, what did you think about 
the Michael Chandler, uh, Justin Gaethje fight, which Gaethje is another one of my all-time favorite fighters. But uh, what do you think about what did you think about that fight? It was a great fight. I'm definitely getting too old for this shit because, uh, you know, like those are they're way too skilled to just be murdering each other in that cage like that. But I mean, um, oddly enough, because Gaethje's the one that won, and Gaethje's the one I'm more nervous about. You know, I think Chandler has got a couple wars in him. You, you know what I mean? He's he's an older dude, and he's, uh, you know, not, nothing against him. I'm just saying yeah. I don't think he's kind of taken some of the beatings that Gaethje has. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but it was a great fight to watch. Definitely. Chandler has had quite a few wars over in Bellator. Um, as a matter of fact, he came on my radar, um, in the old... Crash Durham had a whole bunch of home runs in double A ball. <laughs> Point well taken. <laughs> but, uh, he came on my radar with, uh, him fighting Eddie Alvarez, which, uh, happens to be the only common um, uh, opponent both him and Connor uh, had. But um, they had two, you know, back and forth crazy wars. That was Mm -hmm. one of the things that maybe kind of start peaking at Bellator back in the day before they became the place that only took old UFC fighters, (laughs) right? (laughs) But, um, and then he had some with... uh, couple wars with uh pitbull and so um he's had his share but i think that the difference is um i think his style of fight is his style of fight and it really just depends on what the other person does that whether it's a war or not the issue with gaethje is he has a whole different style of fighting where he doesn't have to go out and slug and every now and then, they're able to calm him enough. Whitman can get him in the right frame of mind where he goes out there and puts on a skilled, masterful performance. And then we have fights like this where he just goes out there and goes to war. And uh, I don't know the rhyme or the reason, but um, I do know Gaethje is definitely one of my... Um, favorite fighters and a big threat to anybody at 55. And I'm pretty sure I've told this story at least once on here before he came on my radar from a guy that I used to follow, um, um, that I really liked named Nick Newell. And he was an MMA fighter. I think he's still fighting somewhere, but, and he had, a um, he was born with a condition where I believe it was his right arm he only had basically a bicep and kind of like a, a nub on the end of the bicep. He didn't have a forearm or a hand. And uh, he had one in some, you know, smaller regional stuff. And then he got up to, I think it was whatever it was called before the World Series of Fighting. Uh, whatever that promotion is, I think is where they met. And Newell got up there and he fought one fight. And, and I think he choked the guy out, if I'm not mistaken. And then his prize was fighting Gaethje and Gaethje destroyed him and then I started watching Gaethje from that point and I was like man this guy is really good and then when he came into the UFC I was a Michael Johnson fan but he was on the downslide and the first thing they did was put Michael Johnson with Gaethje and I said that's it they're trying to get Michael Johnson out of the UFC because this guy is a monster um so 
I really wish he would have fought that skilled, calm fight against uh, Michael Chandler because I think he could have gotten a KO had he came in as the same fighter he fought Khabib where he was more calm, more calculated, you know, I think it would have been very different. Now, I think it's easier to fight that way against Khabib than it is a Michael Chandler because of Khabib's speed versus Michael Chandler's speed and, of course, very different threats. But I still think watching that fight out, he could have been a little bit more calculated. Oh, definitely. He's... For Trevor Whitman, he's like coaching Justin Gaethje is like coaching a pit bull fight. <laughs> like you can kind of think you teach it something and then you just let it go and see what happens and you got to try and reel it back in, you know. And uh, But I think Trevor Whitman's definitely got um, – to me, he's the best – in fight between round coach mm-hmm. coach you know mm-hmm. i mean not to take away from what he does in the gym i'm sure it's great i'm just mm-hmm. saying the way he deals with fighters and i yeah and i think gaethje he's he just kind of has his number to where he knows how to get his attention between rounds and he can kind of bring it into it and uh, i think we would have seen that had it been a five round fight as opposed to a three round fight but i think at some point gaethje was kind of like well we got one round left, and I'm Justin Gaethje. So. <laughs> no, good we're point. Ju- we're just going to go do it like this. Good point. It's always a different fight, three rounds versus five. So I definitely would agree with you there. So the, the conversation came up, of course, Chandler versus Connor. So the thing that intrigues me about this fight, kind of like what we were just talking about with um, Thug Rose and Valentina, is that they are – Connor and Chandler are actually very similar in size, but different in structure. Although they both hold a nice amount of muscle, they hold it very different, right? They're they're not their body types are different, but size wise, they're not that that different. When you see them next to each other, Connor has a lot bigger head. His his head is like mine. I'm pretty sure a lot of weight is in that big old <laughs> in his head. head that he got, but um. But the reason why that fight is uh, interesting to me because they're very, very different styles. And I would love to see how um, Chandler's style of really coming in, really being aggressive, matches up against Connor, who we know is a counterpuncher. He usually likes the aggressive people and everything like that. But I think Chandler's a, an aggressive that he's never seen at that type of size that he's at. And their only common opponent being Eddie Alvarez. And um, Chandler was one and one against Alvarez. And of course we know Connor won the belt 55 against Alvarez. But I think that Alvarez. Yeah, he did. But I think that Alvarez was very scared of Connor. And I think the mist that Connor had around him is gone. And now you just have the fighter. The antics don't work the same that they used to. That pause, I never expected that out of Eddie Alvarez, too. That seemed out of character. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with Eddie. So many fights, man. I just don't know what to expect a lot of times. And it seemed like it was like literally one punch he got hit with. 
and everything changed. And he was just a different fighter from that punch, right? But um, although Alvarez and Chandler had some close fights, um, I think that Chandler is a much bigger threat, but he's very aggressive. So that aggression can play into Connor, but I think he's a little bit, I think his aggression and size would give Connor a big, big problem. What are your thoughts on that matchup? I disagree. I No, I, I definitely like this fight. I think it's the fight to make. It's a big money fight for Chandler, which I think he's earned. It It is really disappointing to see Chandler comes over to the USC and he's, you know, now one and two. Mm-hmm. After coming in and – but he's put on all great performances. Yes. Every time he yeah. stepped into the octagon, he's looked great. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not going his way, and that's got to suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's seen it going different in his head. But <clears throat> I think it's a great fight to make. You know, Chandler will get a big payday. But I think that uh, I think Connor really does well in a fight against Mike Chandler. Um, I think Chan. Uh, I think Connor's does best when he's a bigger guy. And I think on fight day, he'll be significantly bigger than Chandler. Mm-hmm. Like he carries with them being similar size. Chandler carries it kind of a lot more shorter and stockier yeah. where Connor's like a big, long, top-heavy f- fighter, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think the fact that Chandler will bang with him, Connor's not a guy you want to play that game with. Mm-hmm. Like, he will spark you with one punch. Mm-hmm. Gaethje will beat the shit out of you, <laughs> you know what I mean, for 25 minutes. And, and I know he's got knockouts, too. I'm just saying it only takes one punch with Connor and Chandler is a guy that is punchable. Mm-hmm. The reason and, why uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think, I think, I think it's an explosive fight, but I think Connor fail, finishes on like early in the second. Mm. So the reason why I'm not worried about Chandler, as far as like his record, if you look at it, Gaethje came in with the same thing because I remember it. He beat Michael Johnson. He got KO'd by Alvarez. Got TKO'd by Dor- Dustin Poirier. And I was at the the Alvarez fight. That was in Detroit, right? But listen, I was I was like drunk and everything at that fight, so I don't remember half the people that fought at that fight. <laughs> but I was there also if that was that fight. <laughs> but uh, let me see. I'm looking. And yeah, that was it. That was yeah. Yeah. And then five fights later, he's fighting for the title, right? So, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where because, like with Chandler, he put on good fights every time. But that was also in that area where Whitman was still trying to reel him in to really going out there brawling with, with these guys in the UFC that's at a bit of a different caliber than where you were at at world series of fighting right and he mm-hmm. was able to reel it in and tweak him and then next thing you know he ko's james vick he ko's barbosa he tko's cerrone he uh tko's ferg right um and now you're looking at something very different i think chandler has that in him although to your point he is an older guy 
but I still think he has a run in him against some of these guys. And to your point, they um, it's not like he looked bad in these fights. He's just on the wrong end. Now, as far as the matchup, you said, I could see what you're saying. I could see that happening. I just don't think it would because I don't think Connor is the same Connor. And I don't think that he's he's willing to take the same chances he used to take to really step in that pocket. And, and so this is one of the things I remember years ago, um, I used to love watching uh, poker. And I used to like playing Texas Hold'em. And I remember there was a guy, and I don't remember who said this. I think it was Phil Hellmuth that said it. But he said, um, you know the biggest thing that you get when you're a big name in poker, especially when you're bluffing? You need that slight hesitation, that that slight amount of respect that a new guy has for you that give you that mental edge where they're going to lay down the best hand in a lot of cases because of that fear for you. When you have the golden touch in MMA, that initial pause, that couple milliseconds, half a second pause or whatever that people get, the same thing that Anderson had, you know, the reason why he's able to land that kick on on Vitor, nobody's landing that kick on Vitor because Vitor is not going to hesitate. He's coming in. He had that respect. It was like, oh, wait a minute. He's doing something tricky. That was kind of the glow that Connor had, and I think it's gone now. So I think Chandler's speed and movement without that pause would give Connor a headache um, because he has to have his space to throw his counter punch. He's not as good moving forward. He's good moving forward only after he hurts you. Other than that, he needs to counter but he needs to land something straight and something that hurts you or backs you up. But it usually comes after the person pauses. And I don't think he has that glow anymore. No, I could definitely see that because one thing I will say is Connor doesn't like it when people walk him down. That's mm-hmm. why Nate does well against him because Nate mm-hmm. just walks him down and Connor struggles with that. Yep. And Chandler will definitely move aggressively forward. So, mm-hmm. th- you know, there's definitely that. Yeah. Either way, I would love to see the fight. I would actually love to see that fight, like, pretty much when Connor comes back. Give him, a, give him a full camp. I hate when people come off of injuries and don't get full camps or whatever. Give him a full camp. Make sure he's healthy. And then, you know, make that fight. Um, I'm not sure where Connor is at on his leg and everything. But, you know, I would love to see that fight in the spring of uh, spring of 2020. Uh, a 2022 <laughs> I would love to see that fight and um I think it would be a really good one I think it would do good numbers also No I definitely I, I like it and I like it gives other options for good counter fights coming back because I was kind of looking at Connor versus Nate as the only fight that I was really interested in seeing mm-hmm. you know not not the only one I'm interested in obviously I watch Connor fight whoever mm-hmm. you know I'm in yeah. I watch it but yeah. Nate was the fight that I thought was good, but now I think the Nate fight still makes sense, but Chandler makes sense, and it, it, it's it's good for the fighters when there's more options too. Yep, I totally agree. Totally agree. So, but but uh, I'm gonna say this though. I think, I mean, Chandler deserves a payday against Connor, 
but I almost feel like he deserves a layup too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we maybe give Chandler a tune-up fight, and Nate I think only has one fight left on his contract. Yep. Yep. So I think you need to do Connor versus Nate because if you don't, then you'll never see it ever again. Well, the rumor out there is that they're dangling that, but they'll only give Nate that fight if he resigns and he doesn't want to resign. And so the last I heard was they were trying to make uh, Nate versus Kamzat which, uh, you know, would be a terrible matchup for Nate, and that would be the goal to, you know, try to get him out of there on a guy that, you know. Yeah, get him beat up and then leave. They don't want him to make a couple million dollars, possibly solidify the end of Connor's career, and now he's a free agent. Exactly, exactly. Now, that's the rumor that I heard. Who knows what's true, what's not about it, but that is kind of the – but that makes sense. Dana White's a smart okay. businessman, yeah. and uh, exactly the last thing he wants to do is get outsmarted by Nate fucking Diaz. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but um, both of those I think are intriguing matchups, and both are fights I would love to see. I would love to see you know Connor Chandler sooner rather than later, but um, I definitely want to see Thug Rose get a couple more title defenses, and you know kind of see what's what from there and the same with Valentina and um you know in all of the women's divisions right now I think need some more blood um once Nunez if she's victory against uh she gets a victory against uh Juliana Pena like who's left at 35 right there's not a lot there there's not a lot of depth in the women's division and I'm not sure why the UFC isn't getting kind of getting some more women. I don't know if it's literally just not a, enough pool to get the women in or if it's a talent issue, but um, I definitely think that some new blood needs to be injected or, you know, maybe do something like they did with Mighty Mouse uh, years ago. If you remember where they literally just went to, everybody that had a 125 and took all of their champions and put them in one tough show and everybody came in with their belts and it's like okay if you win this you get a chance to fight mighty mouse right but they literally went and got like everybody's champions right so now women's i know there's not a whole lot with invicta being by far probably the biggest right but and they always get people they have a relationship with invicta so they get people from there a lot but just in general something to kind of infuse some new talent into the women's division. Yeah. <clears throat> no, they definitely need some more talent and I they need that because I need a couple fights set up for Rose because I do not want to see her try to go up <laughs> and catch a beating from Valentina. Like I I don't think that's a great fight for her as we cover, but uh, the other thing I want to say like on the Chandler Connor fight, that fight sells itself too. Like, you know, Chandler's like the Captain America with the Mm -hmm. American flag. He's from Missouri, D1 wrestler. Mm -hmm. You know, Con, like, they they both rock their flags. You know, Mm -hmm. that sells. We know how you you sell fights. Yeah. Everybody (laughs) waves their flag, and people fucking love that shit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, yeah, um, hey, I mean, we can always settle on a catch weight of 120. You know, I'll, I'll give Valentina a call. I'm pretty sure she'd be down for that, you know. 
have my and then she'll be all dehydrated and rose will clip her and you'll be like it's a lucky shot all they gotta do it again because you can't just knock her out in the first round that's a fluke exactly that's a fluke everybody knows that and then now it's gonna be 2023 and you'll be like so she's only fought four people (laughs) she only fought Shevchenko and Waylay and oh man well that's it for me anything else you got uh no i'm good um stop trying to feed my fighters to your fighters that's rude (laughs) all right everybody so thank you for listening that wraps up another great fat boy mma podcast listen to whatever else we got coming up next and listen to whatever else is in the catalog come back and see us later thanks that wraps up another fat boy mma podcast If you have a topic for us, please email us at fatboymma55 at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media by going to links.fatboymma.com. That's links.fatboymma.com. Thank you for listening.